Welcome to Biblical Tapestry. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode 10 in 1 John chapter 3, having shown that love is the evidence of life in the child of God, John now gives us a supreme example that was set for us showing this kind of love in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Let's read, starting in verse 16. 1 John 3:16. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from Him because we keep His commands and do what is pleasing in His sight. Now this is His command, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commands remains in Him and He in Him. And the way we know that He remains in us is from the Spirit He has given us. All right, back to verse 16. This is how we have come to know him. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So John tells us we can know what love is because of the sacrifice of Christ, that great example. When we encounter Christ in our lives, it brings with it an extraordinary change if we accept his free gift of salvation. When we experience the incredible and unfathomable love of God, we are changed and start a remarkable journey when we continue to grow and develop as God's child. Jesus deliberately laid down his life for us as a demonstration of how we should love each other. Edmund Hybert writes, Since one's life is an individual's most precious possession, Christ's willingness to lay down that life on behalf of others constituted the greatest possible expression of love. And Robert Kaiser writes, Christian love is not born from within the character of the individual, but originates in Christ's act, part of that change that comes with knowing God. Certainly John is not suggesting that we can atone for the sin of others by laying down our lives, But Christians have an obligation to follow the example of Christ in showing love at all costs, and yes, including, possibly, losing our lives. Verse 17 says, If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? That is a very good and piercing question. And this is a lesser demand, that is, to help a brother in need, and it should be more of a constant in our everyday life. A demonstration that you may see the need for, possibly, right outside your front window. Note the contrast with Jesus' example in the preceding verse. 
he was willing to lay down his very life. But the person in view in this verse, 17, is not even willing to lay down part of his material possessions for the sake of his brother. Can the love of God even be in him? Howard Marshall writes, Christian love is love which gives to those in need, and so long as we have, while our brothers have little or nothing, and we do nothing to help them, we are lacking in the love which is essential evidence that we are truly the children of God. 1 John 3.18 says, Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and truth. So we see a lot of this in today's world, actions only in word. But John's final appeal in this section is based on a common spiritual life. As part of the family of God, let it not be in words only, but applied as love is an action. It's not just words. In James chapter 2, verse 15, James says this, If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't even don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? Love is demonstrated in action and is expressed in deeds. Love in action with truth is added because actions can be hypocritical. So it has to be in truth. So this action of love needs to be genuine and come from God working through his children. This self-sacrificial love is clearly evidence of eternal life in that giver. G.P. Lewis, in his book, The Epistles of John, says, It is easier to be enthusiastic about humanity with a capital H than it is to love individual men and women, especially those who are uninteresting, exasperating, depraved, or otherwise unattractive. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. The heart of love sees only a need to be met with the resources that God gives us. 1 John 3.19 says, This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows all things. Here John is offering assurances that come to the heart of a person that possesses genuine love. The noun truth here has been interpreted in various ways, but words are produced by the tongue, and the righteous deeds which which believers are to love one another are produced by the truth. What would then cause our hearts to condemn us? Well, when we refuse to love in action and truth, when the Spirit of God, who is greater than our hearts, motivates us to move past that hardness into action, an omnipotent God will notice a hardened heart and missed service opportunities, and a believer will understand that they've missed it. 1 John 3, verse 21 says, Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Have you ever had the experience of a condemning heart, a wounded conscience from failing to honor God, especially through a lack of demonstrated love and action? If your heart is not condemned, then confidence before God grows 
and God is pleased with us as his children. The New English Translation Bible Study notes state, they can ask things of God with the expectation of receiving their requests. A confidence that rests in God's mercy and love which have been extended to us. God answers our prayers as we are in tune with him and we are in tune with his will and he gives us what we ask to continue his ministry to all. The promise of answered prayer is conditioned upon this obedience and upon this willingness to serve him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. 1 John 3.23 says, Now this is his command, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. So John gives a command in this verse that is conveyed in dual form, that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. The command is an explicit belief in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and an active, actionable love for one another. Richard Linsky writes, You cannot believe without loving, and you cannot love without believing. The Christian life demands a union between faith and love. Jesus as God's Son promotes his deity, that his name promotes his deity. The name Jesus or Yeshua, meaning the Lord is salvation, means he is totally human and totally divine. Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ is the Greek translation of Messiah and affirms his role as the Old Testament Messiah. The double designation of Jesus Christ is a profession of faith, placing one's faith, one's trust, in him and all that he is. Acts 2.36 says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Jesus Christ was the divine Son of God, the incarnate deity, the sinless human, the messianic Savior. Belief in Jesus Christ is an acceptance of the entirety of him. With that, the daily practice of Christian love is a continual expression, a fulfillment of the command from Jesus. John 13:34 says, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you, you also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. To be a child of God is to love each other, so the test becomes the combination of faith and love in the believer. Daniel Aiken writes, Right belief and right action reveal the authenticity of one's faith. 1 John 3.24 The one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. One who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. Well, I certainly prefer the New English Translation Bible's rendering of this verse, which is, and the person who keeps his commandments resides in God, and God in him. 
Now by this we know that God resides in us by the Spirit He has given us. The reciprocal relationship with the believer in God is confirmed by others by obedience. The confirmation is from the Holy Spirit that indwells every believer. 1 Thessalonians 1-2 says, We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit, that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The Spirit testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. The assurance as God's children comes from the Holy Spirit that gives us this blessed assurance. As the great hymn composer Fanny Crosby wrote, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Assurance comes with being a child of God. With that assurance, we can stand confidently before God in prayer and rest assured that he will answer our prayers. I pray this podcast finds you well. Next episode 11, we will look at 1 John chapter 4 about testing the spirits. God bless you. Have a blessed day. I pray that you have that close abiding relationship with our Creator and our Savior.